You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, David Robertson gets into trouble. He gets out of trouble. Good job by him in the ninth. And then the Mets can't score. (laughs) And... I think we're all also, again, thinking the same thing. Who the hell is going to pitch the 10th inning? You've used Adovino. You're not squeezing another inning out of Robertson, though I did give it a thought because they had an off day on Thursday that he did not pitch on uh, on Monday. So why not? If you're going to ever push him, wouldn't this be the time to push him? Just a thought. Obviously, uh, maybe that would have been too much. He probably threw well over 20 pitches in that ninth inning. So he goes back to Dominic Leone basically because they don't care about his arm. They don't give a crap. I mean, Dominic Leone is going to be designated for assignment, even though he's pitched well the last two days, at some point, because the Mets are going to need to call someone else up because Drew Smith got suspended for the sticky stuff. So Dominic Leone comes in, does a great job, by the way. Kudos to Leone. I don't think I ever would have faced Stanton, despite Giancarlo not looking good at the plate. So once he falls behind 2-0, and to me, it's a no-brainer to walk him. I don't think I ever would have faced him to begin with. But Leon gets through the runner on second situation. And he, here's the thing in the bottom of the 10th. So I want to put this out there so we all know. Mark Vientos has never in his minor league career laid down a sacrifice bunt. It has never happened, which is not a surprise. Mark Vientos is a slugger. So when he's participating in a triple-A game, or a double-A game, or a single-A game, there would never be a situation where Mark Vientos would be asked to lay down a bunt. So when Vientos comes up in that golden opportunity, you don't let the team score in the top of the 10th inning. You come up in a tie game, obviously set up with a runner on second base. It is logical to lay down a bunt. Okay, that I know the bunt has died in Major League Baseball, and I get it in a lot of ways, but with this dopey extra inning rule that has been forced upon us that too many people now like let's all be honest with ourselves it makes sense a lot of times especially when you're batting ninth in the order to lay down a bunt with a runner on second and nobody out i am not complaining that vientos didn't bunt because i understand why he didn't again he's never laid down a sacrifice in his career what i'm complaining about is that in 2023 when we have this Fugazi rule of the Manfred man on second base, shouldn't it become a thing where everybody learns how to bunt? And look, maybe it's not Pete Alonzo, because if Pete Alonzo is coming up with a runner on second, nobody out tie game in the bottom of the 10th, he's the exception. Like he's the guy where you say, okay, I'm not bunting with Pete Alonzo. But Mark Vientos, despite hitting a clean line drive single against Garrett Cole at 115 miles an hour, which earned him three games in a row that he'll sit, because that's the way things work with Vientos. You got to learn how to bunt. 
And, and so this is more a general baseball statement more than ripping the Mets for this situation with Vientos. It's more now that we live in a world in which there's a runner on second in extra innings. And there are scenarios where it makes a lot of sense to bunt because it's the bottom of the set inning and the game is still tied. I think 90% of rosters have to, they got to learn how to bunt. So it's not a Vientos thing, Hoff. It's a, in general, shouldn't guys learn this more thing? That's, that's all great. And I totally agree. But there's one obvious thing that you have not mentioned at all. Well, you at want to pinch it for him? Yes. I mean, Jesus Christ, we're pinching Luis, we're, we're pinching Luis Guillorme at random times in games. You're not allowing vocal back, whatever. That's the time to put somebody in who actually knows what to do with the bat, at least make contact. Guillorme, I'd, I'd pay to put Guillorme in right there. I think he knows it a bunch. So I think he does. I give you the positives and negatives to your point because obviously it's a good point. Just send up Guillaume, who's a better bunter and is the more accomplished bunter. Though, you know what? Do me a favor real quick. I want you to look up how many sacrifice bunts Luis Guillaume has in his major league career. Baseballreference.com. It's on the main page. Shift to the right. Go look at sacrifice. It's labeled SH, sacrifice hits. All right? Because I am curious how many he has in his major league career. But my guess would be he's clearly the more... um. Uh, of anybody on your bench, uh, with Omar Narvaez and Daniel Vogelback sitting there, he's clearly the guy that can lay down a bunt. I'm trying to think who else. Oh, and Mark Hanna. Okay, Mark is the other guy. So I agree with you that Guillaume is the guy to bring up. Here's what scares me about this. It, it's the same thing that I think back to with Willie Randolph in Game 7 where he sends up Cliff Floyd in a bunting situation, and he had a great bunter on his bench named Tom Glavin. The problem I always had when I went back and forth about that is if there are two strikes on Glavin, are you still okay bunting? And if there, if you're not, are you then okay with, to me, a lesser hitter coming up and having to swing the bat if you're not going to bunt with two strikes? Does that make sense what I'm saying? Like, I want Vientos to hit here. Vientos had a really good at-bat against Garrett Cole a few innings earlier. What a great opportunity for him. I'd rather him swing the bat than have Guillaume having to swing the bat after failing to lay down a bunt, and now there's two strikes on him. So I don't know if that makes a lot of sense to a lot of people, but that's where I would have leaned towards. I want the bunt. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But I also just want everybody to be able to bunt so I don't have to take, to me, a better hitter out. So... But this is a good debate. It's a 50-50 debate. I totally get the idea of Guillermo. Now, do you have how many bun- bunts he has, sack bunts he has? Uh, it says SH, yes. right? Five in his entire okay. career. Five. I mean, it's it's something. He can lay one. You know who would I would have <laughs> sent up who's a better bunter, except he's not on our team anymore? Tomas Nito. Now, that guy knew how to bunt. Oh, shit. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, by the way, what was funny about the Vientos at bat, so he comes up uh, not looking to bunt, and Anthony Rizzo on the first pitch is five feet away from him because he's convinced he's going to bunt. Meanwhile, Josh Donaldson, who's smart, is playing all the way back because he's like, he's not bunting. What are, what are we doing here? So obviously, Vientos struck out. We know how that went. It was not a good at bat. And then Brandon Nimmo gives us the win. Escobar scores from second, though he made it exciting. And we won a baseball game. Where do we go from here? Here's where we go from here. We take a nice deep breath. Uh, we're still four games under 500. The sky is still falling. I don't think anybody feels, Yeah, I mean, we feel better, but I don't think anybody feels like, okay, we figured things out. So, oh, by the way, unrelated to the Mets, I am now approaching the Whitestone and there is bumper-to-bumper traffic. I have not dealt with this in weeks. I remember on a drive home a few weeks ago, you had warned me they were doing construction on the Whitestone. They were not doing construction yesterday. They were not doing construction two weeks ago. But they're clearly doing it today because, yeah, it's ugly. It's a bad scene. But you know what? The Mets won. So when they win, the traffic doesn't bother me as much. They do have the Cardinals coming up. As of now, Buck is going to stick with McGill and Senga and Carrasco. So obviously, none of us feel good about the pitching this weekend. The Houston series is going to be fascinating. Again, they're going to have the big guns going. Our beautiful, uh, our beautiful mercenaries, our wonderful non-crap-like mercenaries are on the mound in Houston against the Astros. So does any of us feel better? Do any of us feel better? Uh, we're happy they won. It's nice, but we still have a long way to go. Long way to go before I proclaim on the Rico Bronia, we're back. All right? That that ain't happening at least. Uh, that's not happening anytime soon. That's for sure. Could I just say two things before we wrap up? Because, A, I, I, one thing that really frustrated me, and you, you overlooked it a little bit, the fundamentals are clearly an issue just you know the the defense has been sloppy but the base running has been bad too you talk about Nimmo getting picked off um but also there was a double play where last year we saw I forgot who I think we saw Nimmo like lay flat on the ground to get away from a tag this time we saw I forgot who was running but like it almost was too easy he almost ran into the tag yeah. yeah the the fundamentals of this team suck (laughs) <laughs> so let's just be honest. I, I think it's easy to just blame the manager for that. And that's fine, by the way. I'm not saying you shouldn't blame the manager for it. Who else are you going to blame for it? If the base running is bad, and we've seen Brandon Immel make a few of those mistakes, if the defense has gone backwards, which it has, um, the fam thing didn't necessarily bother me as much. He probably should have froze. I think the result's going to be the same either way, though. Like, he's going to be out. The runner's going to be safe at first, which he was. So... I didn't go crazy about it, but I do remember the play you're talking about. But, yeah, there's a sloppy team. Uh, They're making a lot of mistakes, and when you make a lot of mistakes, it makes winning more difficult. And that's the problem with this game. This game was much more difficult to win because of how sloppy they were. And finally, you and I are on the same page. I, I they they walked that game off, and I was like, I they almost blew it. I can't believe they almost blew this game again, and I didn't feel good about it. Um, but you know who did? Brendan Nimmo. They, he looked relieved. The team looked pretty relieved. I don't think the fans believe it. 
But if the team believes, or, or maybe they get something out of this game, maybe this is a good well, look, win look, for the here, team. Here's the bottom line. We've had start and stops with this throughout the year, certain games that make you think, okay, they're going to break out of it. They're about to host the St. Louis Cardinals. The St. Louis Cardinals are not your dad's St. Louis Cardinals. They're not even our St. Louis Cardinals. They have been a bad, dysfunctional team this season. I'll I'll be blunt about this. They got to sweep them. Like, if you want to be back, if you want to make something happen here, like, yeah, you could say just win the series. And most of the time I will say that. I'll say, hey, just go win the series. Go sweep this team. Now, the Cardinals have actually had a worse season than the New York Mets. They have. So despite McGill and Carrasco and Senga being the pitchers, despite the bullpen being undermanned with Drew Smith out, despite the fact that Lindor is hearing the boos, though they were drowned out by Yankee fans, cheering the fact that Lindor strikes out or pops up in a big spot, you got to go out and beat this bad team. And if you can sweep the Cardinals and get to a game under 500 and go to Houston, I think more of us will believe, okay, the season's turning around. But right now, it's only hope. That's all it is. It's just the hope that, yeah, this is the win that turns the season around. And maybe we'll look back at it and say that. But I can't be confident in uttering that right now, that's for sure. But a win's a win. The Mets won. Uh, I got to hear let's go Mets chance walking out of City Field as opposed to let's go Yankee chance. And we all can feel pretty good. We will give you another podcast that will post up on Thursday night, so depending on when you're listening. And that'll be about... The could have been off season. We'll finally get to that. So you get that this week. And then obviously a pot after the series against St. Louis. We appreciate you listening and downloading Rico Bronia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. <laughs>